the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Do I matter? That's the question lurking in the mind of many a 15-year-old in a massive high school. Do I matter? That's the question of the elderly woman living in a nursing home. Do I matter? That's the question of the employee facing pressure at work. Do I matter? That's the question of a person spending so much time on Facebook, but having no one that they can really talk to. Do I matter? That's the question you too might have at this very moment. Do I matter? Yes, indeed, you do matter. You are of such great value that the Lord Jesus desires you as his own. Jesus is concerned for you, the individual. He loves you, and he gives to you his salvation. Jesus' concern for the individual is one of the amazing aspects of the Gospel of John. This is somewhat startling, as the Gospel of John is the Gospel that begins on the grand note. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. Without him was not anything made that was made. Then later, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. Glory is the only son from the Father, full of grace and truth. This grand, magnificent beginning of the gospel of John, you know now that the word made flesh is Jesus. Jesus is God incarnate. He's in the business of taking away the sin of the world. Yet he, the eternal God incarnate, meets people one-on-one. -on -one. Today's gospel reading, there's the shocking meeting of Jesus one-on-one -on -one with the Samaritan woman. Now, Jesus meets several other people one-on-one -on -one in the gospel of John, and these, each of these, from, from somewhat of an, an earthly perspective, might be expected. Jesus meets a religious leader, Nicodemus, later an invalid that he will heal, a man born blind. That's all in the first half of the gospel. But meeting a Samaritan woman with a loose, loose lifestyle? That seems shocking. Why does Jesus meet with this woman? And furthermore, what's this, what's a benefit for you? Because none of you are Samaritan woman, women. And none of you even know a Samaritan woman. This woman was a lost soul. She was isolated from Jesus in being a Samaritan. Now, the Samaritans were an offshoot of ancient Israel. After the Assyrians destroyed the northern kingdom in 721 BC, they resettled that central area with foreign peoples. Now, the remaining Israelites, these foreign people, intermarried, and they formed a group called the Samaritans. They had the five books of Moses, but those books were altered so that worship was now in Mount Gerizim, not in Jerusalem. So there was, at the time of Jesus, an intense ethnic and religious hatred between Jews and Samaritans. This woman would have been entirely isolated from hearing about Jesus if Jesus does not come to this town. She was tied to living in her own small town of Sychar. She would not find Jesus. Jesus finds her. He breaks into her life by asking her for a drink. Now she's surprised that a Jewish man would ask her for a drink. Her first response is defensive. Why would he do this? She's living in her small Samaritan world, 
and her small world has no room for Jesus. But Jesus loves his woman, desires her salvation. So he goes further and he offers her living water. Now she has no clue what living water is. Her small world cannot comprehend Jesus. So her response is to attack Jesus on the basis of Samaritan heritage. And that well was Jacob's well. But Jesus loves and cares for her. He's persistent. He wants her to have salvation. He doesn't argue. Instead, he says, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty forever. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of living water welling up to eternal life. Now her light bulb goes on with this because this woman in her still small world wants Jesus to give her this water so she won't have to come day after day to get water from a well. The promise of Jesus is to her right now only a promise of earthly relief. But Jesus wants to give her true spiritual relief. He wants to give her salvation. So he drops on her the bombshell. He inquires of her marital situation, and she admits she's not married. But Jesus confronts her with the fact, yes, you've been married five times, and you're now living with a guy in a sinful situation with another man. It's really probably an adulterous situation. Now, she had earlier claimed to be a Samaritan, but now we know that her day-to-day -day living situation is in direct conflict what, what she knows to be right. Therefore, she's sinful in the eyes of God. Her life does not match what she knows about the faith. Now, there you have it. Jesus has broken into her world. She now knows she's a sinner before God. Now she does not desire to justify herself or her lifestyle, but rather what is true worship. Mount Gerizim or Jerusalem. Instead, Jesus points to himself those who worship God worship God in spirit and in truth. And it's the Holy Spirit and the truth because Jesus himself is the way, the truth, and the life. He now is pointing to himself, and she inquires, Are you the? We know that Christ is coming, and he points to himself, Yes, I am the Christ. Does this woman matter? Does she matter to God? She matters so much that Jesus has deliberately went through Samaria and found her. He reveals her sinful nature and reveals to her that he is the true Christ and that he offers living water. If Jesus can come and save this Samaritan woman, he can come and save you. You matter to him. You too have to answer the question, have you ever limited yourself to your own selfish little world? leaving Jesus out of it. Have you ever thought about what Jesus can give you so that you have an easier life here on earth? Have you ever lived in an inconsistent way with what the Bible teaches about sexual morality in terms of how you view serving your neighbor, in terms of whether or not to have earthly greed or being covetous? In other words, are you like the lost Samaritan woman at all when you hear the story? And most of all, are you in need of Jesus to come and break into your sinful world and to give himself to you as Savior? All this is related to the question, do you matter to Jesus? 
Yes, you do matter. Jesus loved the Samaritan woman so much that he broke into her world and revealed to her that he was the Christ. Jesus, in the earlier chapter, John 3, had not commended Nicodemus for being a Pharisee. Instead, he breaks into the world of Nicodemus and tells him, you must be born again. He breaks into the world of the invalid and to the man born blind. Jesus has to reveal himself as Lord and Christ to each of them. And he does this. And he reveals himself as Lord and Christ to you. You matter to Jesus. And he has revealed himself further in dying on the cross for you and me. In the Gospel of John, when it says he's going to receive glory, the glory of Jesus is the cross of Jesus, of himself, dying for the sins of the world. You matter to Jesus, and he rises for you. In John chapter 17, there's this amazing verse that says Jesus, even before he goes to Calvary, is praying for you. You matter to Jesus. And he's given to you living water. The living water is the water of baptism. You matter so much to Jesus that he makes you born again of water and the Spirit. You now have the forgiveness of sins won for you on the cross in your baptism. You now have the sure hope of the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting in your baptism. You can know for sure that you matter because you are Christ's baptized child. You, the high school student, with so many students around you, matter because Jesus has put his name upon you. You, the season, senior citizen, who is having increasing health problems and can do little of what you once could do in your youth, you matter because Jesus says you belong to him. You who are burdened at work or cares about this world, you have life and peace in the name of Jesus. All of you matter to Jesus. The crucified and risen Jesus calls you by name. He will never forsake you. You, the lonely person with few friends and very few people to talk to, you have Jesus. You are his and he will listen to your prayer. Our Lord Jesus now invites us to his supper. He gives you in this holy supper a meal of his own to you and he gives you eternal life. You matter to Jesus. He knows you by name. He is Lord Christ, Savior for you. Amen.